Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr. Joining me, as always, is Ben Ross. Ben, what is happening, my man? You know, still alive and barely breathing. Um, I don't think I told you this, but I... No, I didn't tell you this. And I usually like to keep this kind of private, but, you know, since I've never met you, and I've I've never met any of our listeners, because I know none of my friends listen, um, you know, yesterday was my birthday and, you know, so we had ourselves a little, nice little personal day. Um, and it just feels weird now, you know, I'm a year older and, uh, I feel like, you know, obviously for a lot of people, 2020 set, set some things back, but, you know, still happy to be here. Happy to be alive and here with you now. Well, happy birthday, Ben. That's exciting. That's exciting. Thank Were you, you able to do something? It is. Is was it a big milestone? Yeah, I, I had three. Um, yeah, I, I don't really consider it a milestone. We're one year short of our thirties. <laughs> um, yeah, God, uh, so it's all out there now. Um, yeah, I just had. A, I was able to have three friends come over and play some Catan. It was about as good of a birthday I can remember. Honestly, I remember last year. My birthday weekend was maybe the second to last weekend I went out before COVID. I remember because mm. I went to Costa Rica the week after my birthday last year. And when we got back from Costa Rica, um, it was like Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, grabbing my hat right before the cave was sealed. Um, that, you know, the, the, air, the airport experience in Costa Rica and then Houston was something I'll never forget. Um, it's just a wild time. So yeah, it's just a different time to re, you know, think about uh, what I was doing last birthday. So, but it was a pretty great time. Lost all the games of Catan, unfortunately. Usually, I always win. Uh, so that's why you know, if I sound groggy, it's because I'm upset about that still. Yeah, upset about it, and and certainly probably uh, drank away your sorrows and the losses as you may. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm projecting mm-hmm. probably. Uh, it's funny, you mentioned like a year ago, and Christine and I were having this discussion because uh, we had our anniversary normally the day, normally we record this Mondays or Tuesdays, and it got to Tuesday and I realized, oh crap, it's our anniversary. And, you know, we just ordered out from something and I'm like, you know what, we, we actually haven't spent an anniversary more or less in America because... Um, we had our honeymoon immediately after our wedding. We left at like six o'clock in the morning, which is something I highly recommend to any newlyweds as uh, they are planning their their honeymoon when uh, when they're able to in the future. And then last year we were coming back from uh, Scotland and England, and that was uh, just weird. Because like, like you, it's like, man, we were doing so much different this time last year than we are this year. Now it's like, now let's see how appropriately sized our circle can be to celebrate these things. 
Yeah, and well, this year too, you also have a, you know, you celebrate your anniversary with third person. Um, so I can't, you know, that's that's a fun fun milestone. And I'm with you on the, on the groups. It was like, you know, my three friends who came over, two of them were roommates, uh, lived together, one of them. And then another one is just a guy who lives alone, kind of same situation as me. Nobody's really doing anything too crazy. They are, I haven't read closely enough, but I, I know they are like reopening dining and bars in Chicago uh very soon if not already and um it's just gonna be weird to i don't know walk you can i walk out my front step and i'm in front of dozen, dozens of bars in a busy street in chicago it'll and you know it's, it's basically been dead i mean not basically it has been dead uh for the entire past year it's i don't know i don't think you know anybody's gonna wave a magic wand and snap your fingers but it'll, it's still something uh to pay attention to i guess absolutely absolutely um, there was something else I, I wanted to say I, that I just totally spaced on and I will, uh, okay. I will, uh, pass the time with, um, a reminder that every now and then, uh, our liquor store that I often go to, it has toppling Goliath beer. And sometimes I just feel the need to scratch that itch of an IPA. And I got some King Sue on Friday because for me, um, Christina's back at work and this means that I, um, I am now going on my parental leave six weeks off from work. So I, I decided to celebrate by getting some King Sue and I'm reminded by just how good that beer is. And I know it's, uh, this is a discussion maybe we've had before can versus tap and largely out of the tap, it's going to be a thousand times better, but even out of the can, it's like, ooh, I miss this. I'm not sure why I don't get it more. The reason I don't get it more is because not really an IPA guy and my, uh, I don't know, my ability to consume alcohol is much different now. So, um, <laughs> but man, is that a good beer? I'm so glad you brought this up. This is so funny uh, and I forgot about it. So one of my friends who came over yesterday he, he did remember it was my birthday, and so he brought me a four-pack of Pseudo Sue. Mm. And uh, so was, I was very grateful. I haven't had it in a can in years. And I know I've said on this podcast before, too, it's like um, I just think, you know, that, that beer just doesn't age well. And, you know, he's handed me the four-pack, and it had the canning date on it. And it was sometime in early October, so I was like, all right, this beer skunked as shit. Um, and <laughs> that's just kind of the beer. That's, like the, that's, that's the beer snob in me. And, but right. anyway, so to, not to appease him, so I wanted to try it anyway. I opened up a can and it, it was great. I th- you know, it was only my second beer of the day. So I think, um, uh, my, 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 my judgment wasn't clouded, uh, enough quite yet. And I'm definitely going to probably have one more. <laughs> I, I should be drinking one now, but I had a, I had a coffee stout that I wanted to open up. So I'm drinking that now instead. And I just, re- I was blown away by how good it was. Um, you know, it's still, I just think. Topping Goliath had a lot of well-known issues with their production and canning and everything like that. And, and it took them a while to figure out the kinks. And they just, since they got off to such a bad start, I've been hesitant to um, try that again. You know, I've always, um, to your point about King Sue, where I'm going with this is like that always, that, I think that tastes so good out of a can is because they make it so infrequently. When you do mm-hmm. receive it, it is relatively fresh. Were you able to catch a date? On the, I know they put dates pretty clearly on the boxes nowadays which i i really appreciate when breweries do that 
I did not. Um, I, I'm not quite as in tune with the ups and downs of beer flavors, uh, to be honest. I, oh, <laughs> I like beer. I, I like beer every now and then. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> so, but I don't notice like, oh, this feels off. I, I do know <laughs> we had like, uh, but um, some Shiner Cheer last year. Not 2020 <laughs> Christmas, but 2019 Christmas. And like it was just chilling in our garage. And Christina's like, all right, it's time to throw this out. I would have liked to to try one to see how it aged in a year and two months. Uh, but uh, I, I guess I, I, I may not have even known if it had gone bad. It, it might have just been, oh, this tastes like uh, a beer. It probably would have been super sweet. That would have been my guess in terms of how how uh, Shiner Cheer aged uh, even sweeter than it normally is. Yeah, I was going to say, probably you probably would be able to taste the difference just because of how sweet the beer is to begin with. Uh, probably uh, the sweetness overpowers any sort of skunk one might get. It may have gotten more alcoholic, now that I think about it, right? Because that, that's something that happens in, in beer. If it's just got so much sugar, it might have turned that almost... Uh, I don't, uh, second fermentation. I don't think, can it do that in glass? Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but otherwise, otherwise, I think you're right. But I, yeah. <laughs> now that we're down this, I, I do want to bring it back. This is, now this, is our, this is our chemistry part. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you're, you haven't been able to tell, um, internet issues have us off camera. I feel like this, this quote-unquote season, we were able to, to amp up the chemistry by, you know, finally looking at each other's ugly mugs and uh, knowing when to talk a little better. So we're, we're stumbling over each other a little bit today. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I, I wanted to bring it back to say I have six weeks off now, and I did the math. That's 42 days, at least, I think. And when I did the math, it made me really sad. But if, if there's things that people recommend to go through this time, uh, I am looking for things because uh, with Elliot, I, I think that the thing I want to do with him is like musicals. So like w- watching one or two of those a day with him, I think that'll be fun. And then since I, I feel like I've just gone full dad mode and am watching the West Wing as I go to bed almost every night. And I feel like I need to find something else. Uh, ultimately, what it's going to come down to is I end up doing absolutely nothing, going very hard into uh, these gambling lines I've developed for uh, the back-to-back games and um, spending my time that way when he's taking naps. So I probably won't do anything of any production value. That is so funny. Uh, like I'm sort of the same way. It's I want to start something like a new book or something or a new movie or like watch a movie, but I'm always reverted back to right now. It's a problem just because I'm, you know, I'll, I'm going to say it every podcast until I can kick the habit, but I'm addicted to Zelda. And then mm. also I just revert back to, to watching Seinfeld episodes or something instead of starting a new movie or I've, I, I look for every single excuse to not, not watch something new. Um, 42 days off. That sounds, is that, a, that sounds incredibly generous. I'm very excited. It makes me want to almost wish, um, I could find someone to have a baby with, but I just don't see that happening anytime soon. 
it's uh, it's uh, it's crazy because I mean I guess Christina's was particularly generous. She she had close to over five months off. Um, so six six weeks mm-hmm. I think for mm-hmm. um for men I think is on the high side. So I'm very very thankful for that. And the way our company has done it is, I, I think it ends up being twelve for um women who birthed a child but if you like adopt or um have something they give you six weeks off that i am going through so it's it's a nice way that i think it's it'll be fun i think because elliot's at the age now where he's not just like sleeping and pooping um now he's like doing a little more fun things, you know, he's smiling all the time. He's jumping up and down when you hold him. So it's, it's a lot more fun than, than if I had taken it at the beginning with Christina, I probably would have appreciated the ability to nap during the day, but it, it's, I'm looking forward to it. it. It should be fun. I think staggering your, uh, parental leaves was very smart it reminded me now uh my brother-in-law when my niece was born his he his company got parental leave and it was like something outrageous it was like eight days which i feel like is offensive like not even a full two weeks it's like i'd rather have no policy at all than like this is worse than the scraps right um i mean maybe not obviously probably obviously not eight days is better than none but it's just just funny to me and that's been your perspective um, I bet is, is Christina, is she going to consider this as a little bit of a time off for her too, I suppose? Yeah. I mean, I, it's funny because like, she'll still work from home. Um, and as maybe I've mentioned, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you off podcast, but it's very easy to be distracted by a, an infant child. So, um, I feel, I think, I actually think the, the most productive both of us are going to be is ultimately when he's back, when he is in daycare, um, at the end of the six weeks, it'll be incredibly sad, but I feel like our productivity is going to ramp up and that'll finally, I hesitate to call it feel like a vacation. Um, but to be able to like work with only each other to distract uh, us and our dogs, but they're pretty good. Um, it's different than having the baby. So maybe it'll feel like a vacation for her. But um, for me, I know it was a weird thing to balance uh, working in one room and listening to stuff in another. Um, sometimes I would work from the main room and that would, that would be fun. But there, there's only so, so many times I can do that. So. Yeah, I, I hesitated to, sorry. No, go ahead. I hesitate. I was gonna say I hesitate. I didn't mean to, you know, frame it as a vacation for her. Obviously, she wants to be with uh, Elliot. I'm sure, as much as any parent does. Um, no, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 different than than what work will be like when both of us are at work. Because on Friday mm-hmm. she actually went back, and it was. I I honestly don't know how. Um, some folks are able to do it. Like I know um, one of my colleagues, she has two kids, single mother, and I, I do not know how she was able to balance uh, keeping 
uh, track of them and working because it, it was the two of us. We had to like figure out how we could perfectly manage. Oh, who gets his nap now? What do we do with him? And by the end of Friday, he was gassed too. So it was like uh, worst of all three worlds. So to, to the single parents and parents that, you know, have to work and raise children with the school stuff. Uh, my hat's off to him because it is, we, we had a window into that for one day and I cannot imagine doing it any longer than that. This is a single parent positive podcast. We've always said that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the reason we uh, delay our talking as we normally have, I mean, normally we shoot the breeze for, for 15 minutes, but it's been a uh, call it frustrating week of basketball for Iowa. Um, you know, the, the win on Sunday against Northwestern Sunday, the 17th felt like forever ago because the win before that was Maryland on Sunday or, or excuse me, Minnesota on Sunday, the 10th. So by the time we get to Indiana, Everyone's well rested. We presume that everyone's a hundred percent healthy, and um, it's not like Iowa got their doors beat off because they were leading by uh, nine points with twelve minutes to go. Ken Palm had it as basically a ninety-five percent win chance, and proceeded to be outscored by Indiana twenty-three to three, in which really it felt like all of Fran's worst tendencies came back to light Ben no timeouts (laughs) and just like ah unbelievable unbelievable yeah I only really saw the second half um for this game and honestly I I know you're not worried about it either but I'm just I, I just really truly couldn't be less worried about it the the only thing, and I haven't. This is partially my fault. I've paid very little attention to Iowa news since Thursday. Um, and you brought it up at at first. I agreed with the you know the lineups were a little schizophrenic, um, you know, and the stuff we've seen before. The early Joe Perkins for Joe Toussaint, or not Joe Perkins, excuse me, Tony Perkins uh, for for Joe Toussaint. At first, you had mentioned that was you know a emotional decision by Fran and I'm not sure I totally bought it because I can't think of any other time he's done that in the past when he's definitely had players who are from uh, the hometowns of where the school they're playing is located um, <clears throat> on the road and uh, but it, it's with, since we I thought it was an injury and then Joe Toussaint ending up ending the game even though he had a, a apparent finger injury with some taped up fingers it, I just don't really get what he's trying to do there. Um, it, the, the lineups were a lot like they mentioned on the broadcast, hockey, 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 hockey line changes. And that's not something we t- we have seen really this year, um, you know, rotating guys in every two or three minutes. It's sometimes we call for it, we clamor for it, but I don't remember us really doing it this year or seeing it this year because things had largely been working. And, you know, we can talk about – not just Bohannon missing every single shot, but Iowa in general, the, you know, 12, 13 minute scoring drought they had, you just don't win games like that. And if uh, it's so crazy to say that, like, since Iowa played so poorly and so uncharacteristically, um, I'm not worried because if they had done some things that like, 
I, I don't even really know how to explain it other than like, I don't even think it's luck. It was just like a really, really, really bad night. And I'm really upset that we're not watching Iowa play Nebraska right now because I think the best remedy for a team who overcomes a loss like that is to get back on the court as soon as possible. Uh, but uh, now they have to wait until is it Thursday or Friday we play Friday. Illinois, which I don't think they'll have a problem getting. Up. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll have a problem getting up for that game. But I just would have liked to have seen. It'll be eight days now in between games for them, and I think they they, they must have so much frustration pent up that I think needs to be released. Yeah, I mean, here's here's what I guess doesn't have me concerned is that against Indiana, Iowa shot five of twenty three from three. That was twenty. That's twenty two percent. And the three, the, their three worst games were against Gonzaga, Indiana, and Minnesota from a shooting perspective. The first time Minnesota, all three losses. So I think the concern is baked into the lack of concern, right? It's like, well, I'm not concerned because this is just one of those nights where everyone except for Joe Wieskamp is collectively off. So they're naturally going to revert to the mean. But what is cause for concern is that you look at these numbers and it's almost like, well, are they win to win, able to win another way? where they need to have, you know, Frederick out there. They need to see some shots go down from the outside. And maybe that's why it's a concern is if Iowa, for some reason, gets into a bad matchup and call it a 2-7 game or a 3-6 game, whatever they end up being ranked, and they just aren't able to find another way to win, the lack of shots going down is allowing opponents to collapse around Garza, um, because Bohannon was getting some pretty open shots and, and that's why it's just like, ah, one of those nights, but, um, it was interesting to read the, their lack of, um, intensity, which feels a little retrospective. Cause like we, you saw the game and they came out pretty good. Uh, you know, they had that lead throughout the first 12 minutes of the first half. Um, so it doesn't necessarily, I'm not bought in on the fact that, oh, they weren't in it because they, they were winning for a good portion of the game. Um, but yeah, to, to I, I can understand how people might overreact. I'm not. I would like to see them lose another game this way before I think, oh, this is really kind of a path to beat them because I also think Trace Jackson Davis is a unique guy for Iowa to defend. And I'm not even sure Kofi Coburn can, can replicate it. So I'm in the middle in terms of, am I concerned? Yes, because I don't want this type of performance to foil them early in the tournament. But am I not concerned? Eh, I'd like to see it happen to Iowa again before I go into panic mode. And that's just my natural tendency with basketball is not to go into panic mode opposite of football per usual. (laughs) Well, I know. And we've talked about this before, obviously, but you know, basketball just doesn't has the cushion that football really doesn't enjoy. Um, And that's what makes, you know, that's why they're completely different sports. Uh, And I just talked over my point. I can't remember what I was going to say now. Um, 
I do. Uh, here's, I was encouraged by, you know, going on Twitter during and after the game and you probably, I can't remember who said, who tweeted this, but it was like, so every team in the country now is a blueprint to beat Iowa and the, you know, Indiana did this and this and this, and all the comments were like, Indiana didn't, you know, Indiana didn't miss, miss 26 straight shots and Indiana didn't go on a 14 minute scoring drought or 12 minute scoring drought. And I was like, yeah. So like there, those are those, there are two anomalies or one anomaly really for Iowa, the scoring drought compared to a bunch of little, all these variables that Indiana did. Um, and then combined, you know, that created, created a loss. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sure that those two things happen again this year. Those two occurrences, the Iowa scoring, scoring drought and Indiana being able to, and also another big thing. And this wasn't, and I don't think it ended up, you know, the actual whistles ended up uh, benefiting either team more or less other than totally and completely screw the tempo of that game. Like, holy crap, it was like watching a football game. How often they're call, call, quick, quick to whistle. And they're calling them on both both teams. Obviously, we think they're a little more unfair to Iowa. But neither team was able to get into a rhythm at all. And if you're, that's a benefit to Indiana because you're playing a, a team that's the hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the country that, 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 that rides its coattails of rhythm for the way they play. So in that sense, you know, I think we can make a pretty strong, and we never even, I don't think we're very whiny, a whiny bunch at all, but you know, the, just the way that game was officiated greatly benefited Indiana, even though, you know, the whistles were even. Yeah. Uh, it was 20 to 25 looking at the box score. Now Iowa had the 25,000. That makes sense. Cause they were fouling down the stretch. Yeah. I, I tend to not, overreacts or over-index on officiating being the reason one team won or lost. But this is exactly why I have a take I want to try and flesh out from an, a statistical standpoint that, man, it just feels like the this is the type of game that kills the Big Ten in the postseason because Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson each accumulated – Basic two quick fouls in each half, and I and they played through it because I think Big Ten officiating just isn't gonna give a guy three fouls in a half or foul him out with twelve minutes to go unless it's clearly five fouls that have occurred. Maybe I'm wrong there, but to me that type of officiating does not translate into the tournament in, in terms of. Those officials, they want to call a game straight up. And I think that's probably part of the reason Wieskamp struggled in the second half. I think a lot of it is some of its mindset. Like he's gotta he's gotta go down shooting. That that's the thing that I come back to with Wieskamp. But if he's getting just destroyed off ball, those aren't the types of fouls that they call necessarily in in the Big Ten. And when they do, it it borders on meaningless. Um, like they did call one when it was a 10-point game and Iowa had no chance of coming back and calling the foul did not force Indiana to change how they were defending at all. And it just comes down to, I don't think Iowa is necessarily a finesse team, but I think they are a team that, like you said, they ride the waves. And when it just gets dragged down into the mud... They're, they're they're not quite as capable of 
managing that because like Indiana's offense for a lot of it was kind of a, a two pass offense in terms of getting it to trace Jackson Davis in his spot. And then he could um, find the double team, very good player. And one that Iowa hopefully doesn't have to, to game plan against in big time because he, I, I think he's a tough matchup in terms of his athleticism and whatnot. Um, but man, eh, it's just, it's why I hate Big Ten basketball. That That's kind of the main takeaway from the, a style of play standpoint because eh, part, part, part of me thinks about like the pace of that game and I thought Iowa would have gone maybe 14 or 15 or 16 possessions on, having that ball on a 23 to 3 run. And it was 12 possessions. So basically Indiana scored on nine of the 12 Iowa scored three points on those 12 possessions. And it's like, if it's a game that is a little more in tune with how Iowa plays, they can fight through those 12 possessions more quickly and get on the other side of it better. uh, Maybe with some more time to go, but it's what it is. Um, I'm sure people may, may not like the, the lack of urgency that, that we possess, but like I said, I'd like to see another team try and beat Iowa that way. If another team can hold Iowa to a, a 12-minute field goal list drought, I will be very surprised. Very surprised. I mean, yeah, I don't understand why there's always the sky is falling mentality after Iowa loses a game. I guess it's only happened, you know, three times this year, and one of those times was for- forgivable. Quote unquote, quote unquote, because we lost the best team in the country. Uh, you know the Minnesota game. They were, fr- you know, since I was handing the Twitter that night on Christmas, uh, the the the, ta- the firefriend takes were out, you know, out and about for losing Minnesota, who we promptly pantsed, uh, you know, fourteen days later. Um, so like, well, I, don't, I don't understand. I it didn't. I didn't spend really any time online after the loss on Thursday, but I quick glance, I didn't see much of, excuse me, um, much, you know, the fire frantics takes for the first time in a while. I remember, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, people defending uh, the loss to national reporters based on just, I was really cold shooting. Uh, people were defending him in a way for the first time. And I can't really remember. And I, I don't know if he was, you know, uh, needed it necessarily, but like I think it was either Lysticow or Scott Dockerman said like there's no like the team that uh, uh, how many Big Ten games are playing this is that uh, I think a 13 and one team isn't going to win the Big Ten this year like you know the the guy the team that wins the Big Ten is going to have a couple losses and you know that couldn't be I mean that's absolutely true especially now with you know things that are going on with Michigan uh, yep. things are even more wide open than they were at the end of that game. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason that people, and I think you're avoiding a very specific guy's name, um, because he, Dr. Min no, was I really can't remember, like, though. It was, ha- like, it was Chris oh, okay. Hassel. He's like, that was a disturbing loss. It's like, I was not going to have an offensive drought like that again. And, and Bo Hannon's not going to shoot like that again. Um, just because I think we, we've seen enough of him being a good shooter this year that this was just the one that 
you know, it, it happens and not having, um, uh, not having, um, Frederick changes it a little bit. And that's why ultimately the thing that was frustrating is that Fran didn't really push the right buttons in a way that I think he has in, in past games. Um, because to me, the easy one was during that, that drought put Toussaint on the floor um, because he's the one that can fight through all of this stuff, either get a foul, get a shot for someone else or get a shot at the rim for himself. Um, but Fran didn't. And that, that feels like uh, where do we go from here? Cause Toussaint um, ahead of the season, Matt Reisner, he had that really nice piece about how Toussaint's an X factor and Fran just really hasn't used him like an X factor yet this year. And I think that that's um, maybe that's the most concerning thing uh, from a, a, a roster and game management perspective. Um, the Tony Perkins stuff, I, I see what Fran's doing with him. Um, Cause Iowa did need his athleticism at times. So that made sense. And he was um, pretty close to getting two or three steals that um, could have changed the game a little bit. I would have liked to see him be a little more um, patient on offense. It, it looked like he wanted nothing to do with the ball, and that makes a guy very easy to defend. But ultimately, you know, learn from it and move on. And and in the postgame commentary, it seemed like Garza was especially angry. I, I think to me, I, I'm a little disappointed because um, Iowa hasn't won six straight games since 2016. Um and that's the amount you need to win if you're going to win a national title. Uh, so I, I kind of would have liked to see Iowa get to 16 from that respect. Um, or excuse me, six games for, for that respect. But, you know, there, there are six more games to win up ahead of them. So uh, it's just a matter of will they play them? Because like you said, Michigan, they're now off for two weeks. They're going to miss four games, which means, you know, if if – a good faith effort is made to to have all of those games played. That would mean they have to play one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eleven games within the last month. Um, <laughs> which it just makes you realize how um, how much the the conference really bungled this. Yeah, the whole scheduling thing <clears throat> is. They were able to do it twice, once with football and again with basketball. They were able to really, um, you know, screw it up. Good for them, you know. Really happy with the shot callers of the Big Ten. And, I mean, everywhere it deserves our scorn. Um, I guess, you know, I, I guess I, I don't really have much else to, to talk about with the, with the Iowa team. We have – uh yeah, Illinois, which you know last year were some of the best games of the season. Uh, playing this team, it seems like the shine has worn off Illinois a little bit. But again, with the whole thing that's going on with Michigan, their window has opened back up for them. Um, in the Big Ten race, it um, uh, you know, it's just I get we you have to as this team just have to take one day at a time. Exactly, because I mean, I, who who knows? We might see some game get scheduled for Tuesday of this week. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it goes. Um, I mean, that won't that won't happen. You really think that would happen? 
I don't know, Ben. Like, I'm just, I'm so angry that I, I wrote the blog about doing the bubble at, before the season started. I'm like, hey, let's take away, let's take advantage of Thanksgiving to to this time, literally this time. Let's have 13 games over six or seven weeks. Round robin. Start with that. And then that's that's a legitimate thing that you can begin with. And maybe you mix some non-conference games in throughout the rest of the season and get to to 20 conference games by playing once a week. Um, but I'm just, I'm just mad that this was not creatively executed. And why, why would I get my hopes up for that, Ben? Like you said, they bungled it with basket with football. Why would I assume that um, they're going to just absolutely nail it for basketball? And, and Silly of me to, to expect. But, like, you see the AAC and the ACC, two days, same day, they both cancel a game, and they have games scheduled to replace it immediately after. This stuff isn't that hard, and it seems silly to be like, um, oh, we, we, we're trying to involve our television partners. Well, just schedule the game, and you are your own television partner. You can play it whenever you want on the Big Ten Network. It, it, it just... Bl- Blows my mind. We, we could, if we do a, a retrospective, I don't know if it'll be now, but I could rant about this for an hour. I really could. I just, it bugs me to no end. I mean, that's such a good point. It's like you have your, yeah, you have the, you have the medium to get this, this game that we scheduled, you know, within 24 hours, we can still get it on, I have no idea what how many televisions Big Ten Network is in. I don't know. It's three million a lot, eight million, twelve million. Who knows? I know the numbers in the millions. That's a lot more people than that weren't going to watch it uh, if you weren't going to play a game. So you you want to talk about you know financial hardships and all of that? If there is ways to make uh, you've you've already screwed up ways to make money one way. Um, here's a way to recoup your losses, um, maybe even more so if you're able to schedule some actually like compelling games in really opportune times and find lightning in a bottle. Um, it's, it's just pretty asinine. One thing, and I don't think there's any point in discussing this further. One thing I want to go back to uh, that you brought up last, uh, in your last segment, um, the take that you would have liked to see Iowa win six games in a row, because that's what you need to do in order to win the whole thing is, and I mean this in a really nice way is a, national pundit level of the takery that I'm really proud of you for. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> it, it is something, and I, I wish I could think of somebody better, but it's something that like you would hear Colin Coward admonishing Iowa for on his radio network. He, and like you, 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 you're just slightly disappointed by it. Coward would be using that stat to, Say Iowa will never win a championship. Don't be- bother betting. He would use it. He would use it to put a nail in the Iowa coffin right now. If you know, if he had that at his uh, in his daily printout sheet. But since you're a much more reasonable person, you're able to frame it. But I love how you're able to draw that nugget. Um, what's what's the phrase? Bleed a stone. Ah, yeah. Uh, bleed that yeah. from the stone. That was, that was bleed that from the uh, the stone. That was the Iowa Indiana game. Uh, I, I got chills at being compared to Con Cowherd. Um, don't know if they're good or bad. And like, I mean, to, to me, it's like yeah. I'm not going to bury them by any means, and I don't think oh, winning six games means that you can't win six games. 
I, I just think like the the thing that we're in rarefied air as Iowa fans where chances for Big Ten championships or Final Fours really do not come easily. And ultimately, I think the reason I drew it is because it's something that would make me feel better. It, it's not necessarily something that makes me feel worse, um, if that makes sense. But, uh, man, what, what, a, what a way to, to, to frame my take. I love it, Ben. Love it. That is my <clears throat> birthday present from myself to you. You can have Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, b- before, before uh, I guess this is a, a hard, hard pivot. You had some wrestling takes that you wanted to share. You said you watched uh, some of those matches. I was not able to, so I just want to uh, give the floor to you. I mean, uh, I, I don't know too much about Iowa wrestling. Let me just preface this. My dad, obviously... Uh, Minnesota grad, and he really does enjoy the wrestling. Uh, so he called me to talk some shit about the, the wrestling match on Friday night between Iowa and Minnesota. And he was talking crap about, and I, you know, I'm not even giving, re- I can't even remember. So this is disrespectful on my part. I can't remember the name of the 125 pounder on Minnesota, but I think he was number three in the country at the time of him getting absolutely spanked by Iowa Spencer Lee. And I told him, the and I said, you know, they're not even the same class, Spencer Lee and the Minnesota guy, because I, I don't even know his name. I don't and I don't need to know his name because I know Spencer Lee is one of the best uh you know, probably is the best wrestler in the country in his weight class and you know, it will be an all timer at Iowa. And I, I and I don't think this is an incorrect take as someone as ignorant for me in wrestling, but the, the gap between Spencer Lee and everybody else, it's the size of a Grand Canyon. Like am, am I wrong for, for for thinking that? And then he just went I think he had a a pin in 147 uh, against Minnesota is like, you know, absolutely incredible. And, you know, the, the best tweets I saw on Twitter that night, it was like, we're going to beat Iowa 50 or beat Minnesota 55 to nothing in football and wrestling. And uh, we damn near did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're spot on about Spencer Lee because I, I'm not a big wrestling guy, but um, it's hard not to say, oh, what watch Spencer Lee pin this guy when that video comes across your Twitter timeline because like you said it, it's unbelievable how how quickly he makes work of very good collegiate wrestlers because I think his two wins this year have come against two top 10 wrestlers the only comparisons for Spencer Lee are of the international variety he is simply not going to get challenged this year against collegiate competition. And maybe that's a cocky thing for someone with such little knowledge to say, but to your point, you couldn't name a, a, the fact that you cannot name another 125 pounder tells you, Oh, this guy probably isn't going to actually challenge Spencer Lee. It's funny, and I said this to my dad. The only guy who, uh, the only per, even though I, I typically try and have a finger on the pulse of the wrestling, I just don't have it in me this year. The only wrestler I can name on Minnesota is because he was named after Dan Gable. There's a guy in Minnesota <laughs> named Gable Steven. There's a guy in Minnesota named Gable Stevenson. He's actually a really, really damn good wrestler, but he's named after Dan Gable. He's the only reason I remember his name. Uh, so what's that tell you about Minnesota Iowa wrestling? Yeah, uh, a wide, wide chasm at this point. Um, 
I don't know, Ben. I, I think we almost just cut this guy short. I know we, we talked about some other things. Did you want to wage war on Bohannon's war that he's waging? I think, you know, you don't need me to still – he's got a – I think T, I'll say T-Rez in our Slack said it absolute best when – said there are dozens of – or he said there are many um, – Parking patrol people, meter maids. I don't know what you want, what their what, what the term is, but they're they're all very happy tonight, and they're all laughing at this. And he he is right. And I said this <laughs> privately, just because honestly, I don't want to get like if I tweeted at Jordan Bohan and he would tweet back at me, and I would have to block my Twitter account. And I just don't want to get bullied. But I don't want to open myself up to that. But it's like it's so dumb too because it's the classic stick to sports, show up and dribble thing. But it's like. <laughs> You you are like you are complaining about a thing that every single undergrad at Iowa with an automobile has experienced. Like this is a well known thing. This isn't new to you. They're not. I don't think they certainly weren't targeting you to begin with. And now you have painted this own bullseye on your back out of your own stupid tweets. Obviously, I don't think this has anything to do with his performance on Thursday. Uh, it's a very unfortunate coincidence for him. But you've said it before, all three under the bus. You said that like Bo Hannon would be some. You said something like he'd be twenty percent better if he paid, played ten percent fewer video games. Um, oh, something like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know if I said that specific percentage, but it's like yeah, yeah. He 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 likes to have fun. I'm not gonna blame him. He's a college kid going through this pandemic, but uh, yeah, I think that the thing that's silly is the the parking thing. I just don't get it, man. Like, you know this. He shows the, the screenshot, and it's 90 cents to park, what, 45 minutes? Throw in the other quarter, man. Throw in the other quarter. <laughs> I would, like, I would get I would get rolls of quarter, because I drove everywhere in college. I was a lazy POS, and I just had to be everywhere when I was with the Daily Iowan. And mm. I would I would have rolls of quarters in my, in my glove box for this exact reason. Um, what, I mean, now that we're still talking about this, it's, I think it's also pretty crazy too. I've never seen the Iowa media, yes. media in general, like rally around, rally around everything Bohannon does. I've never, like the answer, like Dr. Man and Lies to Cow, and I'm sure others doing the fiery emoji subtweets or quote tweets whenever Bohannon tweets at the NCAA about anything at all. It's like, these are the most banal asinine like not asinine just like the most banal milk toast takes that are not unique to Jordan Bohannon's brain at all he just so (laughs) happens to be like a a really really good basketball player and and a pretty small media market and he's getting picked up really well it's like he is not saying anything new about yes everybody knows the NCAA is evil that's why we're getting really really close to like closer than we ever have before to paying you um it's not like you know we know it's taking time but it's not like you think your tweets are really doing anything, guy? Like, I'm really glad you're able to steal that uh, doormat from the NCAA, which is probably a pretty cool thing to do anyway. I do. I would probably, if I was covering that as a reporter, I'd probably steal that too anyway, just because I think I like stealing a little shit like that. Um, at least I would if I was a college student still. So, you know, I'm never going to, you know, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell them to shop and dribble, but it's like, maybe think about where your priorities are right now, dude. Like, You've been on campus for six years. You have a familiar face. Um, you know, I don't really understand why you want to draw more more attention to yourself. Yeah, I, I think the 
the thing that that is the funniest is the the media latching onto it. I, and I think maybe this goes back to kind of your point of, and I think we had this discussion off pod. So you called football vegetables and basketball dessert. I think that just the media in general at Iowa eat so many vegetables that the second they get a little candy bar, they just latch onto it, um, whether it's worthwhile or not. But you know what? It's fine. I mean, I'm sure those guys have probably gotten plenty of tickets covering as well. So that's probably why they view it. They view it through uh, that lens. I don't know why he's getting these questions asked at, at press conferences, though. That seems silly. <laughs> but See, I couldn't have thought of a better analogy. I couldn't have thought of a better analogy myself with the candy bar to, and the vegetable thing. Um, and that's exactly what it is. So you can't blame them. These are guys. You know, these sports writers are looking for. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's like a, a hot takey culture at all with them. Really, no. I think they're just. I think they just have to, it's a, you know, and I, it's, it'll, it's tough to explain, but I think, you know what I mean when I say this, but the job now requires you to be very online and mm-hmm. in order, in order to be very online, you can't just be a bystander. You have to participate in the discourse. And I think they are participating in the discourse in the easiest way possible. Unfortunately, it all, it, you know, any way they would participate would open them up for any type of um, criticism from people like us. So, I I don't know if I, I, would it be better if they did nothing at all. I think so. I think it's a little bit weird that they're choosing to die on the hill with Jordan Bohannon. Um, I you know I and the problem is I can't. The problem is I can't think of very many other examples where this has happened because one, nobody's really been nearly as vocal on Twitter as I can remember right. on Bohannon, and then two and two football. This is the very first year players were able to be vocal. Um, so I mean, there are definitely, there are definitely football players in the past who would probably say, say things like Bohannon, but they just didn't have that option. So this is like the first time they're having pseudo Sue fresh from the tap and they're mm. drinking as much of it as I can. Cause I know it's going away soon or could at any time. What a way to close the podcast, Ben. I was going to add to it, but the, the callback to our opening, it's simply, too good. So, uh, Ben, it was a pleasure talking to you as always. Uh, any, any, any other way that you want to go ahead and close it out? Yeah, well, I, I did want to ask you about. Um, do you? It seems like you kind of don't really care about your pack anymore. Oh, so yeah. At the time of this, uh, this recording, it is a full hour before the NFC Championship game, and. Uh, I I watched the game last week. Very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. And I've been having my eye on the betting line for this whole week. Longer than I ever have before. And maybe this will come back to bite me in, in, in the last couple of minutes of a podcast. But I don't understand why the line continues, has moved in the Packers' direction um, from like, I think it was four and a half, three and a half is what I saw most recently. I just, I'm going to hop on it and I'm going to, uh, ride the train because I, I just, is it a Tom Brady thing or is it a, um, 
previous the time that they played each other in the regular season thing. Um, because yeah, Ben, I, I am anticipating that I will watch the game uh, here in an hour, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be disappointed or ecstatic, but. I did see one statistic that I hate so much, and it's if Tom Brady wins today, he will have won as many NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. And that is something that hangs over my head as uh, as the clock ticks down to the game starting. I'll tell you what hangs over my head is, is watching Alan Lazard become the Packers, maybe what, their <laughs> second best receiver? Oh, yeah. question. Yeah, um, he, he's doing great. I, you know, I don't think it really matters what I think. I do think Green Bay uh, takes it to uh, New England. I think it, it looks, you know, it definitely feels like this is Green, you know, Aaron Rodgers' last chance to win another Super Bowl in Green Bay, and it, team kind of seems like they're playing like it. Uh, I think, you know, if they're the team to beat, unless you know, I, I don't know anything about Mahomes. Is he play? He's I'm sure he's supposed to play today, right? They're gonna not keep him out yeah. of the game. Yeah, he, he, he uh, passed the so, protocol, whatever that means. I don't know. I saw some weird conspiracy theories that it was like his neck caused a concussion and not his cranium, and I was like, that, that is such so much daytime news brain. Like, I can't believe that's being spun. Um, there are spinal concussions. I don't though. know. That 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 is something I, I recently learned about. Okay, so maybe I'm you know I'm the science denier. All of a sudden, who knows? Yeah, who knows? So may the Packers win. Um, maybe they won't, but ho- hopefully they do. And um, other than that, Ben, uh, like I said, pleasure as always. We'll be back uh, sometime in the next week or so. Um, as Iowa plays Illinois, maybe we do a Friday night post game pod. That might be fun. Um, I, but I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I don't. I'm probably not going to do anything but watch the game Friday. So I think a quick basketball Ooh. 15 minutes after could be in order. Stars align. Yeah, let's plan on that then. So for Ben Ross, for Harrison Star, this is the Pants Party. Go Hawks. Go Pack. Go.